This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, our prediction show. Yes, you asked for it. You wanted it. We're giving it to you. Mo Moten, Scott Branson, back with you here. Thanks for joining us. Hey, make sure you follow us on Twitter. We love interacting with our listeners. He is at Mo Moten, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at LV Gully. And you can also follow the show, SNB Today, to check it out. Oh, by the way, Mo, I forgot to tell people. Uh, I tweeted it out over the weekend, the long weekend we just got through. But um, we will be back on the air on the radio in Las Vegas, too. So you'll be able to hear the show on Sundays, too. So if you miss some of it during the week, you can catch it on Sundays on the Bet 1140 at 7 a.m. Eastern if you're on the East Coast. If you're on the West Coast, Raider Nation, or somewhere in the middle, you can hear it at 9 a.m. on 98.5 The Fan, all part of the Odyssey family. So we're glad to be back on there as well. Mo, before we jump back into the rest of the predictions, quick question for you. Um, the Raiders and you know we, we we saw a lot of teams jockeying between the uh, between the final cuts and week one. Are you surprised by the Raiders not doing a ton? I mean, they brought some guys in and of course they dropped some and added to the practice squad, but they they seem pretty pretty ready to go and set and happy with the roster they have. I'm surprised from my perspective because I feel like they're still an offensive lineman short and they should still bring in a veteran. Not surprised based on what Josh McDaniel said. I believe last week he said, you know, we have eight offensive linemen, but we still have guys on the practice squad. So I feel like he's comfortable with the Raiders personnel and that unit. I'm not, but he's there every day. He's coaching the team. He's on the practice field. He would know more than I would know. But I, as I said, during these predictions in the first third of the season, I'm a little concerned about that group. We'll see how it pans out, though. Yes, as we will with everything. Okay, we're going to jump back in now. We have, again, just to recap, through six weeks, remember, week six is the bye, so you're talking about five games. Mo has the Raiders at three and two. I have the Raiders at four and one. Our one difference was the uh, beginning Chargers. of the season, the Chargers, week one, this week coming up. Uh, Mo has them losing. I have them winning down in Los Angeles. And we both have the Raiders losing in week five going into the bye. 
to the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead Stadium. So there we are. Now we're on to what? week seven. Go ahead. You got something? One quick, one quick note about that Chargers game that I didn't mention in my prediction. After what the Raiders did to the Chargers in week 18 last year, you don't think Justin Herbert and those guys have that game circled? They're going to be, not that the Raiders won't be motivated, but the Chargers have a bad taste in their mouth. The Raiders basically booted them point. from the playoff picture. Yeah, They're going to be motivated to win that football game, especially so you, at home. You say he's going to try to go more than tie. He doesn't want the tie. Yeah, he's not. Justin Herbert's not going to want the tie at that point. He's going to go for the jugular. In that game. Oh, I hope everybody got that one. I think they did. Our fans are smart. Yeah. They know. Um, okay, so we jump back in on this one. This is an easy one for me, Mo. The Houston Texans are not a good football team. Uh, I like the Raiders <laughs> uh, against the Texans uh, at home, especially, too, here uh, to take that one. I think, actually, they win that one big in Week 7. Yeah, no reason for the Raiders to lose this game. They have an extra week to prepare. You said it, probably the bottom team in the AFC South. I think the Texans are going to win maybe five games, maybe six if Davis Mills happens to be of any substance. But, yeah, this is a game the Raiders should win handily. The Titans just don't have it yet. Lovey Smith's over there. He knows Nate Hobbs. They're going to shake hands before the game, and then Nate Hobbs is going to pick off a pass and make Lovey Smith <laughs> mad. So uh, Raiders win this game handily by about 10, 12 points. Yes, I like that one. Okay, then we take a look here. You see week eight. Uh, they go down to the big easy. Uh, I don't think this one will be easy, Mo. You agree with me? How does this one net out at the – I for, it used to be Mercedes Superdome. Now I think it's something else. I forgot what they named it after uh, or what the sponsor is. But uh, are they going to go down? And is Jameis Winston at, at the – with huge smiles from you and Kelly, uh, are, is he going to go out there and ball – and make this Raiders team pay down in the Big Easy, or are the Raiders going to take this one? Now, you see, this is one of these Twitter conversations. People like to laugh at James <laughs> Winston because they see him do all these quirky workouts and stuff to improve himself. But James Winston, before he tore his ACL, he had ligament damage elsewhere, he was legit. He wasn't turning the ball over. I believe he only had three picks, 14 touchdowns. Beat the Packers in week one last season, kind of like snuck up on him and surprised them. Jameis Winston, I'm not saying he's a top 10 quarterback or a top 15 quarterback, but don't overlook him when he has weapons around him. I remember a few years ago, he threw for over 5,000 yards, had 33 touchdown passes because he had Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, had a good receiving core. Now, of course, he also had 30 interceptions, but as I said, got the LASIK surgery for his eye. He's improved. Last season, he was more efficient with the football, didn't turn the ball over as much. I think they shocked the Raiders out there in New Orleans and win this football game. There you go. So I also have them losing to the Saints. I know, I know, Raider Nation, you're ready to flip off the phone. You're ready to flip off literally with your hand, Mo and I. But I think, too, that remember, this is the first of two games going out east, technically, even though I believe New Orleans is in the central time zone. It's still a trip. Uh, and the next trip, the next week, they have to go to Jacksonville. So I just don't like this one for the Raiders. I think after I have them 5-1, and one, then going into this one and losing at 5-2, and two, um, I think that's just going to happen. I think it's a, it's a tough one for them. And I do uh, think that the uh, the Saints are, are a little better than... Now, some people, I've been seeing these predictions about the Saints going to the Super Bowl, which I think is ridiculous. But I think they are better than people are giving them credit for. And I think the Raiders are Raiders will learn that. So through eight weeks now, by the way, Mo, you have something really else? quick though. Yeah. The, the other thing is, who do the Saints have in their secondary who knows Derek Carr very well? Uh -huh. Tyron Matthew. 
Yeah. Tyron Matthew gives Devin Carr issues whenever he's in the secondary. Great he's point. there in New Orleans now. And I think him knowing Derek Carr helps that Saints team. And don't forget, Michael Thomas is healthy. Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, and Jarvis Landry being their wide receiver core, it's going to give that Raiders pass defense some issues. Yes. So now, Mo, we meet. We both have the Raiders through eight weeks at five and two. Different paths to get there. But we both have them at, um, excuse me, you have them at four and three. I have them at five and two. Mm-hmm. Hello. Math, is, as we learned last show, math is my, <laughs> my challenge. So you have them at four and three, I'm at five and two. Um, and then they stay out east or they have to travel back east to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think the Jaguars will be better than people are giving them credit for. I think Trevor Lawrence will take his next step as an NFL quarterback, but I do believe the Raiders will be too talented and have too much coming off the loss at new Orleans. They're going to be hungry. They know that they had these two games on the road. Then they have to face what's going to be a tough Indianapolis team. The next week, it's a must win for them. I say must win in from a, from a, from a morale standpoint. So I think they go to Jacksonville and they hand it to the Jaguars pretty easily. I'm going to say by, by 10 to 15 points. Yeah, I think you're right about that. They stay out east. Jacksonville is going to be an improved team, but they're not going to be as good as the Raiders. I know Doug Peterson's won a Super Bowl before. Josh McDaniels has been with a Super Bowl team, so there's a little bit of history there. They know each other. Yes. Know they met in the Super Bowl as offense corner head coach. I think Josh McDaniels is going to remember that. He won't say that during the press conference, but I'm sure he's going to remember that, and he's going to stick it to Doug Peterson and the Jaguars, and the Raiders take this game pretty handily. Absolutely. Uh, and again, the Raiders have a tough schedule, and, and the travel, I mean – by the way, I forgot to mention that on the last show. That whole thing with Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh doesn't play a game outside the Eastern time zone. How does that happen? Like, I guess you're just, if your last name is Rooney, you're good, right? You just get it. You get, get some breaks. I get mean, it's kind of crazy, really. I mean, I don't know how it happens. It'd be interesting. I know how they do the schedule, uh, and I've heard the whole process, and obviously now it's much more automated than it used to be. It just mm-hmm. it's it's crazy. It just puts off a the appearance of impropriety, I believe, to have one team never leave a time zone. It's kind of crazy. Um, but that's the way it goes. That Them the breaks, as they say. Okay, now we go on to week 10. Uh, the Raiders go back after being on the road two weeks in a row. They go back to Las Vegas, and they get to face a tough indie team in the Colts with Matt Ryan at quarterback. Uh, and this is a team that I think a lot of people look at in the AFC West, or excuse me, the AFC they're not giving Matt Ryan enough credit. I think a lot of people think Matt Ryan's washed. I don't think he's washed, especially behind that offensive line and that team that they have there with the running game and so on. Um, this is going to be a tough one, Mo. Um, it's it's the it's one of the games I struggle with the most. How do you see the Raiders netting out in Las Vegas against Indy? This is my concern with this game. And Raider fans get going to get ready to throw things at me or shut their phone <laughs> off, as you said, or TV or computer off, but. The Colts defensive line is one of the best in the league. Danica Archie, who Raiders fans are familiar with, the Forrest Buckner, Quiddy Pay is going to be coming along his second year. And then Darius Leonard, or he goes by Shaquille Leonard now, changed his name. Uh, if he's healthy on the field, that's a tough defense to beat. And uh, on the back end, you got Stephon Gilmore and Kenny Moore. Gus Bradley, I know, knows the Raiders, and the Raiders know him. And he's kind of rigid with his scheme. You know, he's going to play cover three for most of the time, so you can kind of plan around that. And I'm sure Josh McDaniels will make note but i just worry about this is another game where i worry about the raiders offensive line simply because the colts can run a bunch of stunts and twists and it could cause a lot of problems up front 
So I'm going to give it to the Colts, even though I don't see their offense as explosive. They're, they're running with one wide receiver, basically. Michael Pittman Jr. We'll see what Alec Pierce becomes. But I think they're going to run the ball, and they're going to give the Raiders problems up front on the ground in the trenches on both sides. I have the Colts winning a narrow one by maybe one or two points. There you go. I also have the Colts taking this game, Mo. Uh, and, and I think it could be one of those games. This is going to be a character moment for this team this year. And I say that because... Losing to the Colts at home, based on my prediction, that will have meant they have lost two of three games, right? And I have them going in, uh, coming out of the bye at four and one. They win the first game coming out of the bye. They're five and one, and then they lose two of the next three. Okay, so they sit at six and three. You have them at five and four uh, through those through week ten of the NFL. So to me, that that's. For all the reasons you mentioned, I just think that that team, it's, you, you talk about matchup issues, and I think there's matchup issues, especially on that line against the, the, the Raiders. Even if the Raiders' offensive line does well, I think it's just a lot to ask, and I think that they just don't match up well with Indy, and I think the Colts take a game and disappoint the faithful at Allegiant Stadium uh, out there in Las Vegas. Okay, then we go to Week 11, as I'm showing up on the screen if you're watching. Uh, the Raiders then go to Mile High City to take on your favorite donkeys, the, <laughs> uh, the Denver Broncos. Um, Mo, I like this one. Again, two of three have lost two of three. This team, Josh McDaniels as a coach, is going to have a big challenge. This is another game I think they need to get, um, not only that, but to stay in the AFC West race because we don't know what's going to be happening with the other teams. You can read Mo's predictions on Bleacher Report around the rest of the AFC West. But to stay in the race and to, to, to look at the possibility of winning the AFC West, they're going to have to go to Denver and win that. Then they have Seattle the next week, which is favorable. So to me, going in, beating Russell Wilson in his own house is going to be big. And I think they're going to do it. I think this is another one of those turning points in the season uh, because they need to stop the bleeding and move forward so that they can get hot towards the end of the year and turn it up at a time of the season when teams that are going to go to the playoffs do so. I think this is going to be their first losing streak or consecutive losses for the season. Mm. I have because I basically have the Raiders and the Broncos splitting. And as you heard in the first segment, I have the Raiders winning at home against the Broncos as the Broncos are trying to gel. At this point in the season where they're playing the Broncos in the second game, the Broncos should have gelled at this point. They should have most of it together. Not perfect, but they should have at least their offense together with Russell Wilson humming in that, in that um, offense with Cortland Sutton. Jerry Judy, as I mentioned, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, they have a really good offensive line. I think, that, I think the Denver Broncos offensive line better than the Raiders offensive line. So, again, at this point, I think Denver is going to have their offense jailed and they'll be able to pull this one out against the Raiders at home. It's hard to go into Mount High and beat that team, especially when they have a capable quarterback. They have a top, what, eight quarterback, you can say, at, at, worst. at worst. They're going to win this game and split the series. Wow. I'm the half full guy, remember. Just kidding. All right. So <laughs> just to recap, Mo has the Raiders losing two in a row. Okay. Losing to Indy at home and then going on the road and losing to the Broncos. And it is a tough place to play. But again, I'm, I don't know if I'm trying to write the, you know, Rudy part two uh, or what I'm trying to do, but I think they go there and they win it. I have them at seven and three. Mo's got them at five and five. So That's at five. that point, week 11, they would be a 500 football team. Uh, and we can talk about implications of that later. Okay, week 12, before we go to our next break, week 12, Mo, the Seattle Seahawks. This is a team that there's no question is in complete rebuild mode. They have DK Metcalf, 
past that. There's a lot of question marks. Geno uh, Smith heading into the season as their quarterback, clearly not their quarterback of the future as he is now um, the guy there in Seattle with Russell Wilson in Denver. Um, you know, it's always tough to play on the road in the NFL. I don't care who you're playing. Uh, going up to Seattle, how do you see this one coming out as well? Old division rivals squaring off in the old AFC West, I believe. So yes. Seahawks, people, as you said. People under 30 probably don't realize that, but you're right. Yes. You, if, you're, if you're a younger audience, you don't remember the Raiders and the Seahawks. It was a bit of a rivalry there too, by the way. But uh, you, you said it. The Seahawks are rebuilding. They have weapons with Ty, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, but they don't have a quarterback to get them the football with consistency. I watched Geno Smith for a number of years out here in New York when he played for the Jets. Uh, had an incident with his teammate, got punched in his jaw, and never got his job back. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to happen for him now. The Seahawks are going to be looking at a top three to five pick in the draft in 2023. They're going to drop this game. They're only going to win maybe three or four games this season. So the Raiders should go to Seattle and win this game by double-digit points. Yes and yes. I have them <laughs> now through 12 weeks. The optimist. I know some of you will love me for it. I'm not trying to earn brownie points. I have the Raiders at eight and three. Mo has the Raiders at six and five. So back above 500 at week 12. That's where we're going to leave it until we come back. We're going to go off, hear from our sponsors. When we come back, we're going to get through the rest of the season and walk you where we think the Raiders will be. Will they finish strong or will we see that ugly late season swoon? Even though it's a new staff and a lot of new players, do we see that happen again? It's a tough stretch for the Raiders if you look down the stretch uh, of the 2022 season. You're listening to Silver and Black today with Mo Moten. I'm Scott Colbranson. We'll be back right after this.